Happy Friday, and welcome to the end of the first week of the Airport Minute. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDad.com. And I'm Mark Cerulli, the other host of CovertOps.tv. And you made it. It's Friday. Friday. You made it through the whole week of the first week of the greatest uh, disaster movie ever made, the first, the granddaddy of them all, Airport, 1970s. Uh, Universal Studios' big ticket item. And again, a big uh, tip of the hat to our friends in Pinstripe, the uh, legal department at uh, Universal Home Video. Hello. Bless them. Thank you for making such a quality product and being able to offer it to people at such a low price and you know such great entertainment value. Uh, just about everybody in this movie has passed this mortal coil, but you can still be entertained by them uh, every night of your life by o- owning a copy of this film. So please do that, and just remember that uh, the Airport Minute is a review site and is totally cleared uh, for discussing it for uh, the Fair Use Act of the Copyright Law. Anyway, we are... Now that we got all that out of the way. Yes. <laughs> now we've cleared all that legal mumbo-jumbo. But we do mean it. We do like lawyers. They're great people. We do. They are. They're wonderful. They're just looking out for their uh, protected uh, intellectual property. IP, baby. And they always have to uh, balance that with the need for free marketing (laughs) uh, from people talking about a movie that people otherwise uh, probably wouldn't talk about it. I mean, I... Uh, I think I saw that uh, one sheet for airport goes for about uh, $14 now, so it's not really you know high demand. No, you're really not supposed to sell those. But hey, who's counting? But, yeah, well, they can you know call, go after them first. I would, right. would be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Uh, well, we were we were here at minute five. All finally, thank God, the entire week of credits has ended. What we will know they were. They were. They were stunning. They took up Monday through Thursday. And uh, despite our best intentions, we managed to get into the uh, the plot of the movie. So we just saw a beautiful uh, shot of Transglobal 45. I think is a model. No, that is the real thing. That is the, the real enchilada. Actually, there's only one 707. They bought this uh, 707, or they rented it from Flying Tigers, a cargo carrier, uh, repainted it with uh, Transglobal uh, livery. And, uh, and put then those ran gigantic, it off a runway? And ran it off a runway into all that uh, cornstarch and uh, painted sawdust uh, up there in Minneapolis. But it, it is a beautiful shot of the landing. Either that or a and, garage in Encino, but who knows? No, I think it's full size. But a gorgeous, gorgeous picture of that as it uh, gently rolls off the runway, a little shy of taxiway echo. Right. And then the, the, the pilot uh, seems remarkably calm for a guy who's about to lose his job. <laughs> Well, really yeah, well, going uh, into a huge in, uh, inquiry. Well, the the pilot, you know, did the right thing. He turned over to the co-pilot and said, "You call and you tell him that we're just a little bit short of the runway." So he makes the co-pilot do it. The guy sitting in the right seat, and uh, he calls up like it's oh, just matter of fact. Like, yeah, we just kind of uh, ran shy of the run uh, of the uh, of taxiway echo. So could you could you call our uh, dispatcher and send out a tow truck or whatever it is you guys do? The uh, ATC manager, the fellow that's uh, sitting back at the uh, back at the at the tower, uh, calls the radar room and said, "Well, uh, we've got a condition four, which I guess is uh, completely screwed up runway at uh, Taxiway Echo." So the uh, the manager tells all the other ATC operators that they're going to have to close down runway two niner and go with the uh, dreaded runway two two. We're going to talk a lot about. Runway two two in the next week. Actually, well, Monday morning we will, or Monday uh, Monday's episode, you will hear a lot of discussion about runway two two. Want to or not, we're going to discuss yeah, it. It's there, and so two niner is closed, 
And now uh, Lincoln International Airport is a one-runway town. All the uh, all the other ATC operators, the four that are there, uh, looking out the window, uh, one of the ATC operators tells Air Canada to hold short of uh, taxiway Bravo. So it's, Bravo is two. It's three down from where taxiway Echo is. So, yeah, it's going to be a an eventful night now that uh, we leave the uh, that beautiful 707 kind of parked out there in the middle of nowhere. Do you think any of those air traffic controller actors are still around? If if you're listening to this, call, call us or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it'd be great to to find out where where your career went from here. And if anybody has that Snoopy, we want to know about that too. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere rolling around eBay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Prop from airport. Four dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Make off. OBO. Make off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this, uh, but you know, after listening to this podcast, maybe all the uh, the futures, the props, the physical assets of asset, of airport will uh, go through the roof with so many people lunging after uh, the excitement of this of this disaster. Probably film. go down to Honduras and find one of the actual planes that was in this film. Yeah, the the the, uh, the one that we're looking at, that seven oh seven that's parked out there, uh, unfortunately crashed. There's <laughs> a model. <laughs> model. Uh, no, real thing, real thing, baby. It, uh, yeah, it had a had a terrible end, had a crash. Uh, but I'm sure all those 727s and things in the background are probably doing uh, doing cargo duty somewhere in, uh, in the third world. Yeah, it's somewhere if uh, the you know it's doing the uh, Angola Mozambique run. But they're still out there. They're, those are tough little planes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting watching the 707 having to. Uh, yeah, it's a simple thing. You paint them all the same livery. You only need one plane. They don't change the tail number on this so if you if if you're watching on your beautiful brand new uh, universal home video blu-ray and look at that tail number the tail number ends in a four so when you see the later transglobal flight two, watch for the number four on the back of the uh the tail there's a there's an especially good scene of that when it's in a hangar you can just spin ahead a little bit and watch watch for the four, and you go, "Ah, oh, it's the same plane. Look at that." Anyway, we really haven't. It's interesting how we haven't come across any of the main characters yet. We've just it's a little preamble, you know. It's just warming you up for the hours of movie enjoyment to come. Yeah, we've we've set the scene this week by showing you. Yes, you're, you know the the name of the movie is Airport, and you're sitting in an airport and you're watching one snowy night. So uh, you realize all the. Uh, the peons and the the worker bees that are that are running around there. You don't really need to know their names. You just know their flight numbers. Really, you're just looking at uh, flight 45, and you know we get that little. It, it, there's not that much music in this. It's just this is a workaday world for them. And the only time we ever get the music coming up is at those very last maybe five seconds of this minute where you hear the little the little violins doing the pizzicato, and it's you know uh oh they're in trouble now. They're out in the middle of Nowheresville with a an airplane full of people. This is I, I think. We've set it up. It's a good prelude. We're going to look at the next, uh, what are we, five? So we've got 132 minutes left to solve all these problems. The first, of, first of which being, how are they going to get this plane off the runway? I mean, this looks I like something. I bet Lancaster has a clue. Well, we'll have to find out. We haven't seen him yet, but we will uh, we'll be bumping into some of the major stars, those people we saw right up there at the opening, opening credits. So some of those big names that had their own screens, I'm sure they're going to be playing a major role in this. And uh, as you can tell, it's probably going to involve a lot of snow shoveling because uh, those wheels look buried uh, pretty deep. You know, it looks – it's not an emergency. It's a Patroni. Remember that. 
well, we we will find out about. Uh, I know. All about right, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're getting way ahead. You're getting way ahead. But we will be looking for major major information coming up. It does seem to be a big problem. I mean, how would you get? You know, you're having a snowstorm. We're watching all that snow coming down. How are you going to dig, or pull, or somehow? get those wheels out from underneath all that snow. And it's got to be packed in. I mean, they're in the middle of a, a Chicago winter. Or a Minneapolis winter. Yeah, or, or <laughs> whoever's standing in, shh, shh, it's all secret. No, these are these will be fine. Interesting part that's going to be coming up is uh, who's who, who are they going to call? Who do you... Who do you work on that? So that, that ATC operator, that guy that was picking up the two phones and was holding them like, well, 10 years later in the movie Airplane, the guy that was doing, it's a twister, it's a twister. He was holding both phones the same way. That fellow's going to have to make a call to somebody to say, yeah, we've got a And, and I think you, you've, you've, you've pointed out something that's really interesting. This is the model for Airplane, you know, the yeah. huge 1980 comedy, which everybody still remembers. Yeah, and it's funny that people see the see the comedy of Airplane. You know, they may have they may have missed some of these. You know, the sources for a lot of this humor. And this is the movie where it all comes from. You can sit down and watch this movie and go, "Oh, that's where that is." That's you know, how about some how about some coffee, Johnny? That you know, that's coming from There's here. There's a lot of coffee and a lot of sandwiches in this film. There are so many people with caffeine problems in this movie, and it's just amazing the the, the role that food is going to play in the ensuing weeks. But we'll have a we'll have a lot of interesting guests to discuss these things. One thing I may crib a little bit is some of these are being taken are being done out of order. So we will oh, you just uh, busted down the fourth wall, Jim. Well, well, there may be some, but you know, Maybe. some of the some of those. Uh, it's kind of like watching uh, Memento. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be talking about things that may have already happened or that may have already happened in our discussions, but we'll get back to them as the time goes. And we are talking about, you will be listening to this in uh, synchronized order and chronological order. So don't, don't worry about these things. Yeah, it is, it is going to be quite a movie. We've been, we've been to the future and we know how these things happen. And hopefully, again, I've, I've said this before, but if you haven't seen the movie airplane, please, airplane airport. If you haven't seen the movie airport, please actually watch go. air airport yeah. and then airplane and you'll get it. Hours yeah, you'll get fun. it is. It, it's exciting and you can you can sit and uh, ponder the the meaning of life by just realizing what you've missed. And if you're 30 or under and you wondered what was it like to go through an airport prior to 911, here you go. I mean, yeah, this, this is, is it. It was a breeze basically. This is this is like a diary of 1970 airport uh, protocols, right. which there weren't any. There you just walk in the airport. There are You can get on a plane without a ticket. You yeah, you can get on with a you know just waving stuff at people and saying yeah I need to be on that plane and whoosh off you go. You can have federal agents looking at you, wondering if you are armed and dangerous, and they can't do anything about it because well they don't have the due process to stop you and say here open your bag. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a long. People kept their shoes on in this movie. Right, right. No so, removing belts. Keep your yeah, jacket on. Keep your snap brim fedora on if you have one. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be seeing a, a whole lot of this stuff. So a we're going to snap brim in this movie. The world of the past. We are, you know, deep into 1970. So this is Nixon was president. It's middle of the Vietnam War. Men were walking on the moon while this movie was being filmed. Mm. So that's how far back all this was. But we still, you know. Next you're, time you're, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know what gas was. Gallon of gas in 1970. Yeah, it's very it, – it's uplifting and sad. But then you got to remember what the what the salaries were back then. I mean, although – If you were if you a $10,000 a year man, you were doing well. 
Yeah, yeah. And think about this. With that, that was a great salary. Uh, Burt Lancaster and Dean Martin, I've said this before and I will say it again, they each took home $7 million for making this movie. They had a piece of the, uh, the action. $7 million back in those days would buy you the plane that is the star of this movie. You could buy a 707 for what Burt and Dean each got for making this movie. It's quite a thing, quite a... Okay, here we go. Here we go. I've got I've got some factoids for you from 1970. Cost of a new home, twenty six thousand six hundred dollars. Median household income, eight thousand seven hundred thirty four dollars. Cost of a first class stamp, six cents. Cost of a gallon of regular gas, thirty six cents. A dozen eggs were sixty two cents. A gallon of milk was a dollar fifteen. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of you know, snap and, rim fedoras. And one of the top TV shows at the time, that same year, the theme song mentioned those were the days. They were. Those were the days. Right, right, right. right. Hawaii Five-0 yeah. was on. I loved that show. Yeah. Laugh-In, Mannix. Remember Mannix? Oh, yeah. I think that I mean, was, was the all... only TV series that had an Armenian star. Hmm. Right? Mike, I don't uh, know. I what just, was it? Mike, Mike, Con- Mike, Mike Connors, Connors. yeah. I just remember that he was uh, very hairy. Every man. time, well, every time he'd get in a fight, he'd get beat to a pulp, and then the next by the next commercial, he had not a scratch on him. I mean, he had stuff that would put you in the hospital. You'd be in a concussion. He'd be, you know, he'd be on life support. He had a good immune comes, system. He was very, very, very Armenian. You know, they are very strong. He was, he was Still great. He was really, and I think that that show was on nine years. So you know, another another great. You know, it was TV. He kept we getting had, hairier and hairier as the year. We had. We had we had we had three networks, so you had to enjoy the TV that was on. And and this boys and girls, TV used to go off the air at, at like one o'clock in the morning. They'd yes. play the 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 uh, Star Spangled Banner, and they'd show the American flag, and then the station would go dark till morning. So you had to watch snow from about midnight till maybe five a.m. Yep. when you have the farm report come on. And uh, if you didn't like what was on. Yeah, you could turn the channel, and then you could turn the channel again, and then you had to stop. So, uh, you know, but fortunately for the, for that time, they managed to uh, sell this movie. Most, a lot of people our age, if they didn't, you know, we were in our, we were very, very young very, children. I was, the, you know, in a, in a crib, basically. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when the movie right, came out. It was out, a big crib, but I was still. It was a really big crib, and then you had to go to school. But the movie, when it, when it premiered, you know, it was in, it was in movie theaters everywhere, but then, People really saw this movie when it was on ABC Network. They kept showing it on like the Sunday night movie or the Tuesday night movie, and they, they'd run this. This movie was on at least twice or three times a year, and un, you know, was, back bef- before VCR. That was a so. good thing. You would see all kinds of old movies on TV. I, I remember seeing all the Universal horror movies on TV. You know, yeah. Dracula. Oh, yeah. Dracula's on tonight. You know, stuff like. Yeah, I remember it, when it, when a James Bond movie would come on. That was a huge event. Yeah, and everybody would watch it. So yeah. if you went to school the next day, everybody would be talking about exactly. the same movie. I mean, nowadays, unless you went to see like Finding Dory or whatever with the other kids, you're not going to see it at the same time unless it's a huge blockbuster and you went opening night. Other other than that, you're not going to share that common experience. But lots of us had that experience of sharing this thing. You'd see it and then you go and talk about it at school or wherever you're mm-hmm. working or things like that. This would be a water cooler movie. Mm-hmm. There's lots coming up, but think about 
I think when you know your homework tonight is to think about the time when this was being shown, right. how people were reacting to this movie. Because if you look at it through the prism of you know today's fast cutting, fast moving uh, uh, entertainment, it's you know ponderously slow, but. For 1970, this was as good as it gets in in movies. Yeah, this this was high tension. There was a lot of action going on. But compared with movies nowadays, this is a talk fest. Everybody's chatting. Everybody's exposed. They're all chatting Cathy's, damn it. Yeah, and they're they're all telling you everything that they're feeling. It's lots of exposition, lots of static shots in rooms where they're just like walking back and forth in front of a camera with, um, you know, they really, they really couldn't take the cameras weren't that portable. So you couldn't move around and shoot over people. Sh- you know, you have back and forth shots. Crane have, up and crane down. Yeah. But no steady cams. This wasn't, no, you know, this was very, cam, yeah. 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 These were very heavy cameras. I mean, the top, you know, American optical cameras with, uh, you know, loaded with Technicolor film, these big, big blocks and they had or a Chapman crane and you would slowly move around the set. So when you're watching these things, they're almost like stage plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is something to watch for a while. We're going to, the next, the next bunch of weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about the action, but it, it, it's a good time right now at the beginning that you just think about the whole thing of what you're looking at and comparing it to today's films. That's, they were working within the limitations of the technology you know, I mean, you're watching this thing. They they had just come out with really good high speed films. That's why it's so colorful. Uh, another thing about the the color palette is that color TV was a big deal. So in aftermarket sales, after this thing left the box office and out of theaters, when it was on TV, people wanted color. They wanted a lot of color. So when you watch this, it's a riot of blues and greens and yellows and reds and everything. Just, I mean, it was, it was part of the fashion. But just seeing that on your TV, that was the palette that people wanted. People wanted to know they were watching a color uh, presentation. Right, and back then... You'd be watching a show, and, and, and they would tell you, in color. Yeah, and you know you don't think about that much today, but that was a big deal. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we didn't have – we had little else. We didn't have stereo. They were all mono uh, systems. You didn't have a surround sound. Mm-hmm. You didn't You're have – You're lucky HD. you had a CB radio. Yeah, and this yeah, this is right on the – before CDs yeah, that were true. even popular. So we're watching something that's – it's going to go through – yeah. Yeah, and it has to be – the other thing that you have to look for is hopefully you're watching this as a, either a, a Blu-ray or, or you're watching the movie. When you watch the movie, that you're watching a Blu-ray with a high definition. But back in the day, you were watching this in a square format, not a widescreen format. So even though you're looking at this, the cinematographer is looking at it as a widescreen. We're, we're seeing that almost uh, uh, 16 by 9 uh, aspect ratio, but they're shooting it for a four to three, almost a square uh, in the middle so that the action takes place in the middle so they don't have to do something called panning and scanning. So, you know, watch the middle of the screen and try to see how much of the action is, is taking place in the middle of the screen so they can snip the outside edges for a television presentation. Lots of uh, lots of things to ponder, but uh, but we've, we've talked your ear off enough this week, I think. Any other things you want to say at the beginning here, Mark? Because this is the kind of the end of the beginning. Uh, no, just stay tuned. There's hours and hours of of dialogue and flaring eyes and nostrils and all kinds of stuff. Smoking, I mean, yeah, smoking, and, and coffee, and, and sandwiches with sandwiches the edges and, cut off. 
Lots of pregnancies, that. infidelities. There's a lot of mansplaining going on. Try to count how many times a guy is t- telling the stewardesses what's going on and what they should know about. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, a lot ma- of there's a lot of this movie. Multi-screen mayhem is the best way to describe it. So, well, we'll, we'll get into that. But let me let's let's finish out this week. Thanks again for joining us for this first week, and uh, we will have many more. But we do appreciate you being here. If you'd like to talk back to us, tell us how wonderful or how awful the show is, uh, you can join us on several social media venues or channels. Facebook, you can get us at Airport Minute. You can also look for us on Twitter at Airport Minute. You can visit the website itself, airportminute.com. Go to Concourse B in the Minneapolis airport. Yeah, we're up there on the yeah, up, up there at the top of the stairs. You'll be able to find us. Just ask around. Say, where, where's the Airport Minute podcast? They'll, they'll know. I'm sure they will. The other way to get to us is if you're if you're listening to this now and you like the whole Monday through Friday thing, you can get it delivered automatically to you on iTunes. So go to iTunes, subscribe to us, uh, leave us a message on there about how wonderful you like the show. That would help us a bunch, especially right now at the beginning of things when we're still trying to build a huge audience to uh, listen to the many controversial things we'll be talking about in the future. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, oh. like coffee and sandwiches. Coffee and sandwiches. And Burt Lancaster. You know. And Burt Lancaster and, and and Dean Martin trying to read his lines off of giant cue cards. Yes, but we'll, more to come. But again, thank you again for uh, staying with us this first week. Come back Monday, and we're going to have a whole big chat about well ab- about how they're going to get that uh, that big stuck seven oh seven off the runway. I think there's only one man who can do it, but I'm not going to say his name. But I think he's wearing a tuxedo. So anyway, let's, let's, we'll page him on the uh, white courtesy right, phone and exactly. see if he shows up on Monday. Right. But again, thanks thanks for coming, and uh, we will see you next week. Until then, good day. Bye. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.